Bitcoin is now in the top 10 largest assets in the world, and yet no one is talking about it. This is a massive, massive bullish signal that I'm so excited to dive into in today's episode. Bitcoin has hit 50K this week, although we're having a bit of a pullback right now. That's due to inflation. We're going to cover all this price action on Bitcoin in today's Market Watch episode. We'll also jump into a little bit of what's going on in the Ethereum world as it has had a bit of outperformance over just the last couple days. I'll explain why that's happening. Then we're going to get into a little bit of investment advice at the end. If you felt a bit of FOMO on Monday when prices were absolutely rocketing and you felt like, shit, I don't have enough crypto. We're going to talk about how to handle that and why that is a big issue. Do not mess this one up. That's what we're here to do in today's Market Watch episode. Welcome to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. We are here to make sense of an on-chain world in constant transformation. And I'm Kyle Reedhead, your host for today's episode. Before we get into today's episode, a couple things. First, just please like, comment, and share this content if you enjoy it. That helps us grow. And secondly, help me understand the content that you like. What I want to know is I have a poll up today that I want you to answer for me. If you're listening on Spotify, there's a poll that you can answer in the app. Just scroll down to it. If you're watching on YouTube, please just put it in the comments. Just write a comment. Tell me, do you follow macro? And what I mean by macro is things like inflation and unemployment and interest rates. Do you follow that stuff? And do you want to learn more about it? We cover a bit of that stuff, mainly in our pro newsletter, but also sometimes in MarketWatch and in our roll-up. Love to know if you guys want to hear more about the macro world and how that impacts crypto. So please let me know. All right, friends, let's just dive into the information today and figure out what the heck is going on with Bitcoin because it has been a wild, wild week. So Bitcoin currently at $48,727. It touched 50000 actually a little bit above it just yesterday. It's now, I want to say dumped, but I wouldn't really call this a dump. The fact that we're at 48,700, I think last week when I was talking, we were around 42, 43,000. So I'm last market watch. So we've, we've covered a lot of ground since then. We were below this trend line that I have up on the screen. For those listening on the podcast, I am sharing screen as per usual. There's a trend line that we have been either above or below for the last couple of months. And we have been butting up against it since the ETF launched. Basically, well, we finally broke through it and we absolutely smashed through it all the way up to a little over 50,000. So it's been a really good couple of days for Bitcoin and the price action. Now, what's interesting is since it got up to 50K, what that actually means is this market cap is almost at a trillion dollars. Uh, I think yesterday the max we hit was about 985 billion ish. And with that market cap, it puts Bitcoin at the 10th largest asset in the world. So by market cap. So gold uh, continues to be the leader here at 13.6 trillion. You have Microsoft at 3.124 trillion, Apple at 2.9 trillion. And the list goes on. Bitcoin now sits at number 10 at very close to a trillion dollars. We've come back a little bit. We're probably around like, I don't know, 950 billion, maybe a little lower than that at the moment. But that's where we sit currently, which is really, really big news. And the wild thing from all that is we are now the 10th largest asset in the world. If I name the 10 largest assets, you've heard of all of them in the media daily. I mean, gold, sure. Microsoft, Apple. Google, Amazon, NVIDIA, Meta, and Silver, and Saudi Aramco, which is oil that comes from Saudi uh, Arabia. So obviously all very, very popular things that you hear in the media all the time. Yes, Bitcoin is sometimes popular. However, right now, not so popular. If you look at the search terms for Bitcoin, you can see, and in crypto in general, 
you can see that they have barely even spiked at all with this run up. And what that means is retail is not here, right? When crypto starts to really go nuts and get into its sort of parabolic phase that we all remember from 2021, these charts go absolutely nuts. You can see it right here, the red and the blue here. Red is Bitcoin on the chart here. Bitcoin is blue. In 2021, which is basically once it passed all-time highs, late 2020 and early 2021, everyone was talking about crypto. Everyone was talking about Bitcoin. It was all over the media. Your Uber drivers, your parents, your friends, they were all talking about it. And right now, we are about 72% of the way from all-time highs. Bitcoin is a trillion-dollar asset close to. Crypto market cap in general is close to $2 trillion, And yet, no one talks about it. Family's not asking me questions. My friends aren't asking questions. Uber drivers aren't saying a word. And you can see from the Google Trends, this is people searching. If they're searching for Bitcoin, searching for crypto, this would be people that when markets go crazy and they want to buy it, or they're like, what is this thing? They want to search and they want to either find exchanges. They want to understand more about it. And no one's doing that right now. And so this is very, very bullish because it means that we're building a strong foundation of buyers and holders for Bitcoin and crypto in general, I would say. And we still have a ways to go before retail comes in. It's probably after the all-time highs. So 69,000 is what it was for Bitcoin. Once we pass that, that's when you'll start to see this in the media again. These search terms will go up like crazy. I'm actually doing a report. I think it's going to be next week in our pro newsletter where I'm covering all of the indicators that let you know when retail are coming back into the cycle. And this is usually later in the cycle, probably when you want to take some chips off, start to take some profits. And so I'm going to write a whole pro report on what indicators you can look for. But either way, the good news is we're not there yet. And I think we're nowhere near it just yet. So still plenty of room for this cycle to go to grow and appreciate. So this is really big news. Now, why is this happening? Well, we've had a really bullish signal in terms of flows over the last couple of uh, days, sorry, on the Bitcoin ETF. So last episode on the Market Watch, I talked about the Grayscale Bitcoin ETF and how its outflows were were decreasing. I said, this is a good sign, except the fact that so were the inflows, right? So the inflows were decreasing, so were the outflows. So what does this really mean? Well, interestingly, the Grayscale Bitcoin ETF outflows, have they're not done, but they, they've really gone down to small, small, small numbers. But if you look at the total inflows now, since really about Thursday, so February 8th, it has just skyrocketed. We hit uh, about $400 million of inflows in the ETFs on Thursday. On Friday, we were over 500 million. And then again, on Monday, so starting off this week, we hit just close to 500 million. So these are massive inflows. And in fact, they are so big that right now, in just the last three days, these the 10 Bitcoin ETFs doubled its total inflows to by to over $3 billion. That's massive. Now, if we take out Grayscale and the outflows that they've had, we'd be at about 10 billion. So the numbers are quite massive at the moment in terms of flows, and they seem to be picking up, which is quite interesting. Those who said it was a sell the news event doesn't appear to be completely happening. Just a short-term one because of those grayscale Bitcoin ETF outflows. But other than that, people seem to be interested by these ETFs. And in fact, the BlackRock and Fidelity ETFs are two of the best performing ETFs in history. GLD was one of the best ones ever. And it, these numbers are absolutely smashing it out of the park. And it's still early days. And we are crushing what gold ETFs did, and any other ETF. I think of the top five, there's now like three or four of the top five ETFs in terms of like their first, I think 30 or whatever it was, days of launch. Three or four of them are Bitcoin ETFs. So these inflows are doing really, really well. Now, the price action, is it related to the inflows exactly of these ETFs? Or is it people speculating on the fact that these inflows are increasing? Whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Either way, that's a positive 
sort of flywheel that we want to see because the more inflows, the more people start speculating on those inflows and ultimately just the more people are buying Bitcoin. And so we're in a really good phase right now. We hope that that continues because it's just very bullish for Bitcoin. Although we will talk about what is holding Bitcoin back right now in just a second. Before we get to that, what I want to talk about is we also had some news this week that another big asset manager has filed for an Ethereum ETF. And this is Franklin Templeton, who we've talked about. They had the laser eyes on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. They already have a Bitcoin spot ETF. They have now launched or applied for an Ethereum spot ETF. And interestingly, and I talked about this on the roll-up last week, their application has the ability to stake the underlying ETH. This was not something, I mean, of course, it's something we want to happen to be really cool, but it wasn't something we were expecting because it just doesn't seem like Gargansler is going to allow that to happen. But now we have ARK and we have Franklin Templeton who has applied with the staking. Now, maybe that gets taken out. We still got a ways to go until the May 23rd date, but this would be pretty crazy if it happens. Now, the thing we're looking for is does BlackRock amend their ETH ETF and put in the staking part to it? If they do, that's extremely bullish and probably a good chance that it happens. But until BlackRock does it, I would say it's a bit of a rumor at the moment. So still time will tell on what happens with those ETFs. But seeing the inflows coming from Bitcoin is really, I think, making people go, oh, well, what happens if the Ethereum ETF gets approved? If we had $500 million inflows per day from an ETF on Ethereum, which market cap is about $300 billion instead of the $950 billion that Bitcoin is, Ethereum would be going up 10, 20% a day right now. It would be absolutely nuts. Now, will Ethereum get those same size of inflows as Bitcoin? Probably not, but it'll get a certain percent of it. And again, we don't know what that will be until it launches. Let's see. But definitely a institutional-like asset, Ethereum, because it has yield to it. It's a sort of a platform you can build apps. It kind of makes sense to a lot of institutions, potentially more than Bitcoin does, but who knows? We'll see where things go. But it is definitely a, a big catalyst towards what's happening with Ethan. I think the reason that we're starting to see a little bit of sort of some bullishness in the ETH price versus Bitcoin is because of that. I'll pull up the ETH BTC chart here first. We can see, obviously, we've had the downtrend for a long time. We've talked all about that. When the ETF launched, Ethereum had just a, a massive jump upwards. And so it's done quite well. But Bitcoin has actually powered back over the last few weeks, as you can see here, coming back down to about 0 0.051 uh, on the ETH BTC chart. Uh, actually, even lower than that, 0 0.0. Yeah, 0 0.051. But just the last couple of days here, since really these inflows picked up with Bitcoin, all of a sudden Ethereum has really outperformed. And so part of that, probably because of the Ethereum ETF application from Franklin Templeton, and just overall, a lot of bullish signals happening on Ethereum. One, Ethereum ETF news is starting to heat up. So I think that that's playing a big role. And then I also think we did a newsletter on this last week. So if you haven't seen, check it out. One, it's deflationary. We're you know, burning about 0.2% of the supply of ETH per year right now. But the biggest news is that 25% of all ETH is staked now. And that's basically ETH that's not getting sold. It's not really on the circulating market to be sold. So that's really big. Restaking, which is Eigenlayer, we've talked a bunch about that, has just hit 5 billion TBL. So that's sucking up a bunch of ETH as well. And then we have the uh, announcement of EIP4844 going live now on March 13th which should drive a lot of adoption to uh, Ethereum L2s, which are also burning a bunch of ETH. So there's just a lot of reasons why ETH is just getting more and more scarce. And when you add the demand of an Ethereum ETF on top of that, it's just a very, very bullish setup. And I cannot stress that enough. So I've been talking about that quite a bit. Now, I did show this big ascending channel, I believe last week on Market Watch. I said, if we don't break the 2770 mark, then I'm not overly excited just yet. We could tap off the top of that and come back down. 
So we're still in that range. So like, again, as I said, we might see some bullishness. We might see some bearishness. I wasn't sure last week. Ended up being a really good week. But ultimately, I don't think it's that big of a deal just yet. We'll see what happens. If this breaks through that channel, okay, I'm very bullish and it's on. But we've yet to do that. And in fact, when it looked like we might reach that, because it was pretty bullish yesterday, a lot of good price action happening yesterday. We woke up this morning and US CPI, in which are the inflation numbers were announced. Uh, and unfortunately, not so good. Well, I mean, it depends how you look at it. The good news is, is that inflation itself went from 3.4% uh, last week to 3.1%, or sorry, last month to 3.1% uh, this month. So it went down 3%. That's pretty good. You can't complain with that. However, the markets didn't like it because the analysts, the experts out there that sort of they analyze and they, they estimate what they think is going to happen is they thought it was going to go down to 2.9. So they call this inflation coming in hot. It wasn't as low as what the experts expected. Now, the weird thing to me is the experts get this wrong every single month. So why do we base our expectations on what the experts predict? Instead, let's just look and see that, whoa, inflation came down 3% month over month. That's pretty good, but that's not the way the world sees it, at least not markets anyway. So that's why we've seen a bit of a pullback here. They were hoping for inflation to go down even further. And then also core CPI remained at 3.9%. So no movement on the core CPI, although it was expected to be down to 3.7. So still continue to lag on the core side, which isn't the greatest. We don't want to see that, but that's the reason for the red in the markets on Tuesday, February 13th. Now, here's the thing that I want to just relate to you. So first of all, the reason why this matters is we need inflation to go down for the Fed to lower interest rates. They said they need it to be below 2%. So we're at 3.1 after this reading here. And so when we look at the predictions markets of when the Fed is going to decrease rates, there was a 65% chance, at least that's what the market is saying, 60, sorry, 60% chance that the Fed was going to lower rates in May. And after the CPI print came out, that has jumped all the way down to 31%. So obviously this is spooking markets just a little bit. They want to see inflation go down lower uh, and they want to see it much faster. Now, really what they just need to do is markets just can look at true inflation numbers which are already at 1.39%. So they have absolutely tanked over the last few weeks here in the trueflation, which is, once again, I use this one all the time, so you should probably already know about it. But basically, this is live data. The US government and, and the Fed, sorry, they use sort of outdated data. This is looking at live feeds from prices from all around the US right now in terms of all the different sectors that they include in inflation. And it's already showing 1.39%. So According to this, we're already there, but that's not the way that the Fed sees it. And that's not the way that the government sees it yet. So we have to continue to wait for their lagging data to reach what we want. Now, speaking of lagging data, here's something I want to look at. This is a nice chart showing the different components of US CPI. You can see that core sitting at 4% on this one. It's a month behind. So we're actually at 3.9% at this point. But you can see that some of the parts of inflation have actually come down, right? So communication, healthcare, food, energy, uh, transport, much of this go goods, much of this has come down. It's the core part, the stickier parts that tend to lag that still have not. And that would be things like shelter and services, right? Now, the good thing is, is that if you look at these, they look like a chart that is absolutely falling off a cliff. Look at how far this has gone, right? It lagged, it lagged. And now, you know, everything was already down at its lows while shelter was still basically at its peak, but it's just rolled over. It's now falling uh, down. And so this is why I continue to tell week in and week out that 
what I say is that inflation is going to fall. Is it this month? Is it next month? I never know the exact. No one does. But also you can see from these services and shelter, they're going to fall and they're going to fall fast. So this is not something that is going to be sticky like people continue to continue to bet on. One more chart I just want to show here is this is a chart of US CPI and it's compared to five major year-on-year outbursts of inflation from the 1940s to the 1980s. So these are typical inflation cycles. A lot of people say that we're going to have this inflation burst up, then we're going to come down, and then we're going to burst up again. It's going to be even higher than before. This happened one time in history. It was in the 70s, right after the baby boomers all started going to the workforce, which was very inflationary. We don't have those sort of demographics in today's world. And so typically what happens is when inflation bursts up, goes down, there's usually a little stop in the middle here when core sort of lags and the rest sort of jump back up and then they kind of fall together, which we're just about to see in my opinion. So to me, everyone's worried about inflation. This just looks like every other inflation cycle. This isn't a big scare, uh, except for the one in the 70s. But other than that, it looks pretty normal. So again, I'm not too concerned here. Again, I still think rate cuts come in uh, Q2 of 2024 and we're still off to the races. So overall, still pretty bullish on all things markets. We may have a bit of a pullback here. I bet we will just because of the inflation scare. We got to let the market digest it over the next couple of days. We'll see what happens. Again, not sure that we go another leg up anytime soon. Just like I said last week, I'm still very kind of in the middle about all this. I wouldn't be long and I wouldn't be short in terms of leverage. I'm just continuing to accumulate. The key thing to take from this episode is, look, there's bullish signals. There's signals that are maybe not so good on the macro side. If you believe in the inflationary side of things, But the thing is, is we continue to trend upwards and no one continues to talk about it. It is still, we are at 50K Bitcoin and nobody cares. And that is the only thing you need to understand right now. It means that it's time to accumulate. The moment you start to hear about this in the news and in the media, that's the time where you want to probably start, stop by and maybe start taking profits and we're still not there. So don't worry about the day-to-day stuff. It might take a few months for us to sort of break out past new all-time highs, maybe even till the end of the year. Regardless, it's all time to accumulate. Still good news. All right. One last thing I want to talk about here before we wrap up is on Monday, prices went up big. I think Ethereum was up like 7%. Other tokens, and at least in my portfolio, were up like 10, 12%. It was a really good day to be in crypto on Monday. And a lot of people were getting excited, especially on Twitter. And one of the things I noticed just from my own self was, and I talk about this a lot in our, our pro newsletters, of managing your own mental... Uh, awareness around investing. The psychology of investing in the psychology of money is really important here. And because what happens is, is markets move based off human psychology. And the problem is, is that humans are natively or innately just greedy people. Uh, and it's not a bad thing. That's just how humans are and how we were made. Uh, and we want an abundance. We want more. We always want more. And so what happens is in investing, we tend to make riskier and riskier decisions at times when it's the least best opportunity to do so. Okay, It's the most riskiest, yet that's when we take the most risk. It's a weird thing, but that's what we tend to do. And one of the things that I noticed, I do everything I can. I journal, I do all these things to try to not do these things. But something I noticed on Monday is I was looking at my portfolio. Obviously, I should have been super happy because my portfolio overall was up 7.5%, which is just like, that's a move you just never see in normal markets. Anyone would be screaming happy. And look, I was happy. But I had one token that was up 15% and I was like, dang, I wish I bought more of it. Why didn't I put more into that token, right? And I continued to think that and I was like, should I buy it right now, right? These are the thoughts you typically have when you have that sort of FOMO feeling. 
And luckily, you know, I never make a trade based off of like first instinct. I, I wait at least 24 hours. I want to sleep on it. Uh, I actually went to the gym and just took some time not looking at charts and not looking at markets and realized, what are you doing, right? Yes, I could have bought more of this token earlier on, but it was very risky back then. Now that it's up 12%, I'm like, oh, okay, now it's not risky. That's just not how it works, but that's how our brains tend to think. And so one of the things I just want to say is you need to set your plan. These days of 7%, 10% increases are going to happen a lot. And a lot of times they're going to happen in tokens that you don't own. What you got to understand is one day your token goes up, the next day another one goes up. If you're jumping from one to the other, you're going to completely screw this up and you're going to end up worse off than when you started. And so what you want to do is create a plan, as I said, and then make sure you stick to that plan throughout. Don't let the wildness of markets kind of bump you off your plan. The way that I do this, spend time reflecting. Reflect on your plan. Reflect on why you're investing, why you invest in specific assets, and you know have a plan of when you're going to sell and reflect on that. Journal. Journal about how you feel in these moments. This is why I'm sharing this with you guys right now is I can watch this down the road the next time I start to feel FOMO and I can listen to myself literally teaching, hey, don't get caught up in that FOMO. Don't go and throw your good assets into these shitty assets because they're pumping 20% on a random day, right? So journal is a really good way to understand your own emotions. I, as a health coach back in the day, I used to teach this a lot in terms of losing weight and getting healthier. It works very well in markets as well. And then the final thing is just breathe. A lot of times this FOMO that you feel is like, it's excitement and your heart starts pumping. You're getting all pumped up because you're seeing everyone making money and everyone's pumped on Twitter and you're like, yeah, let's go. And really, you just need to take a deep breath, calm yourself down. Usually, if you're calm, you're not going to make these stupid decisions. It's when you're all pumped up and the adrenaline's going, that's when you go and you FOMO into these shit coins and it screws everything up for you. So again, step back, take a deep breath, reflect, journal. I think this is really, really helpful. And this is really a key thing to help you navigate these cycles. I'm going to write some more pro reports on understanding how these cycles work you'll see we're still in the early stage of the cycle. Like I said, we're not in the parabolic euphoric state yet. That's when things get crazy and you really need to work on your own psychology. Right now, it's not too, too difficult, but I'm starting to see it happen. You're starting to see Twitter get a little bit more bullish. You're starting to see people get pretty excited. Meme coins are taking off. And these are the times where you need to just like, you almost want to get a bit scared and be like, okay, I don't want to do this stuff. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because Markets are soon going to get into this place where they're just going to go up and they're going to go down. It's going to be pretty crazy and hard to manage. So again, I'm going to write some pro reports helping people understand how these markets typically work, these hype cycles and how to navigate them. But otherwise, that's my advice for today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that advice. Please let me know. Really what I want to know today is, do you like the macro side of things? I talked a little bit about inflation today. I went a little bit deeper into it than I think I normally would. I can go much deeper. And the question is, is do you guys want me to, or do you like it more sort of high level or don't even mention it? That's what I want to hear. If you're listening on Spotify, please let me know in the polls there and comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Guys, hopefully you are in the market and you had a nice run up with the rest of us over the last few days. It's nice to see Bitcoin go from 42 up to, or whatever it was, 43 up to 50K. Hopefully we can hold here, but again, I'm not holding my breath on that. I think we're still kind of in the range bound area, but let's see what happens and uh, wish you guys the best and I'll see you in the next Market Watch. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe or follow so that you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, there's a link in the description for our free newsletter where we provide timely, 
and relevant Web3 insights so you can confidently build and invest in Web3. Make sure to subscribe today. One final note. This podcast is for educational purposes only and nothing we say is financial advice. Crypto and Web3 are risky and you should never invest more than you're willing to lose. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.